John 21, reading from verse 2. Simon Peter, Thomas, called twin, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you, they told him. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Friends, Jesus called to them, you don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. Cast it on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did. And they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. The disciple, the one Jesus loved, I love how John just slips that in there around again, said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer clothing around him for he'd taken it off and plunged into the sea. And since they were not far from land, about a hundred yards away, the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. When they got on the land, they saw it fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus told them. So Simon Peter climbed up and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to them, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, Do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. And he said this to indicate what kind of death Peter would glorify God. After saying this, he told him, follow me. If you were here on Friday, do you remember the the phrase that was the catch cry of the reformers. It's a Latin phrase. Post tenebris lux, which means after darkness, light. Well, the night has passed. Dawn has come. It's good that we should greet each other by saying, he is risen. The account at the close of John's Gospel that we just read is now the third time, we know that from the text, the third time that Jesus has met with his disciples after the resurrection. 
Every time he came, he came with a specific focus and in a specific way. And now here on the sea, on the shore, the very shore where he had called Peter and called many of the disciples to come and follow me, Jesus meets them again. The first time Jesus broke bread with his disciples was when he had walked with two of them to Emmaus. Remember, we had that read out to us earlier. They weren't aware it was Jesus until he broke the bread. And then he disappeared. Luke 24 records what happens next. The two disciples rush back to Jerusalem. They're startled. They're excited. They want to tell all the other disciples about what's happened. It's interesting that Mark's gospel, when he records this same event, he says that when they arrived back in Jerusalem and found the disciples, the disciples were all gathered together and having a meal together. They were all eating at the time. And um, suddenly, in a locked room, Jesus appears, right? Jesus turns up at the meal. Can you imagine what that would have been like? All sitting around the table, been a large family gathering or a big group of friends getting together, you're around the table... I'm not sure there would have been the same amount of laughter as there would normally be because these people were still in shock about what had happened in the last few days. But grieving together, fearful together, wondering together, two guys bust into the room, we've just seen Jesus. And then while they're talking about this, they realise there's an extra person at the table. Jesus does the most normal but extraordinary thing. He just simply says, hey, could someone pass me the fish, please? (laughs) I mean, he's just pointed out, look at the scars, look at the wounds. They think he's a ghost. And he says, can I have something to eat? And he shows them that, hey, ghosts don't eat. That's his point. In other words, what Jesus is telling his friends is that the night is over, the dawn has come, death is defeated, life has won. On Friday, we said that there was darkness, betrayal and death. And today we say there is light and reconciliation and life. We find ourselves on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Billy's up here cooking a barbecue. Good job, Billy. He's got it on anyway. I, I love the intimacy of the story that we just read from John's Gospel. Friends fishing together because they don't know what else to do. In their grief, they go, we don't know what to do. Peter goes, I do. Peter always knows what to do. I'm going fishing. All the other guys shrug their shoulders and go, oh, we'll come with you. They all head off fishing for the night. I'm not sure how these guys made a living because every time I read about them going out in the boat fishing, so often, and they caught nothing all night. It's happened before. Now again, fished all night. The dawn is coming. The sun is rising. Their boats are still empty. That's what Easter Saturday is like. It's a waiting time, isn't it? There's an emptiness to it. 
Even though we know what the story is going to do, there's a waiting. We have to wait till Sunday. And in a sense, this is what's happening in this boat. They're there. The dawn is coming, but they've still got nothing. Until they see just one guy just standing on a bank, only about 100 yards away, about 90 meters or so away from where they are, there's a guy on the bank. Maybe they can see there's a small fire going. And he calls out... it kind of reads, you could kind of read into Jesus saying, hey, you don't have any fish, do you? I don't think Jesus mocks people really, but there's kind of like an Aussie larrikinism sarcasm to that. You got any fish, boys? No. Then come have breakfast with me. It is a simple and earthy but beautiful request, an invitation that Jesus makes as the dawn rises, as the sun comes up, as light once more hits the earth, Jesus stands on a bank beside a sea with a small fire, a barbecue going and just says says simply, come and have breakfast, come and eat. The dawn has broken. Easter Friday is now gone. The sun has risen. And now is a time for reconciliation. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have had that breakfast? Just a few friends together, sitting with Jesus over an open fire. The smell of a barbecue cooking. Fresh fish roasting over charcoal anything cooked over an open fire in the bush tastes better I reckon but they were sitting with Jesus but imagine Peter for a moment Peter who sat beside a fire only a week or so earlier and said I don't know that man Peter who warmed himself beside a fire the emblems you know, the, the little fire warming him in the cold of the night and saying I don't know that man and now he's sitting at another fire and across the fire from him is Jesus serving fish to them I wonder if I wonder if Peter could raise his eyes to look at Jesus I wonder if the, the memory of that rooster crowing was still fresh in his mind, that every time he looked up and dared to remember all the good times that he had with Jesus, all the, all the travels that they had, all the fires that they'd eaten around together, but this one was different, right? This one, the relationship had been drastically broken. I wonder if there was a moment where Jesus looked up through the flames, just looked at Peter and smiled and said, Peter, let's go for a walk. We know from the text that at some point during this breakfast, Jesus and Peter do get up and go for a walk just a little way from where the fire was. Peter, always hasty. We know that because when John saw that it was Jesus when they were still in the boat and he said, it's the Lord, Peter dived in. Peter, 
Peter's not running from Jesus, but Peter has a history that has to be dealt with. Maybe this morning that's the same for you. Maybe, maybe you're here and, or you're listening and you, you're not running from Jesus, but, but that fireside breakfast with him is uncomfortable. Because you know that there's a history that has to be dealt with. Reconciliation has to take place. Something has been broken. That's what sin does. We've all experienced it, every single one of us. Sin breaks things. It damages them in ways that, well, we, we aren't resourced to repair. But Jesus asks Peter, come for a walk with me, Peter. He says, first, come and have breakfast. Come, let me feed you. You don't have, you don't have the fish. And that's how we have to come into this fireside meal with Jesus. Many of us are out there, as it were, fishing all night, trying to collect and gather what we think we need. But Jesus meets us in our lack. Jesus meets us in our emptiness. And he doesn't say, oh, you loser, you can't catch fish. He doesn't say, oh, good try on your self-righteousness. Jesus meets them and he just says, hey, do you have any fish? No. Then come have some of mine. He provides the fish. He provides what we need. When Peter's sitting at the campfire in shame, Jesus says, Hi, Peter. Come for a walk. I wonder if Peter knew how to respond. I mean, he might have had a mouthful of fish. Maybe he half choked on it, wondering what this conversation was going to be like. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, you know I love you. Three times that conversation circled around. I think a gracious echo of Jesus to remind Peter gently of his three-time denial. Do you know this man, Peter? I don't know him. Surely you're with this man, Peter. I tell you, I don't know him. You're a Galilean, Peter. Surely you know Jesus. You're one of his followers. Listen, I'm telling you, I don't know that man. Peter do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? You know everything, Lord. You know I love you. I think Jesus is reminding Peter that he's there to reconcile the broken. We all carry shame, all of us. 
Some of us are just better at hiding it. I know what I've done in the dark. I know, I know what I've done to remain comfortable in myself. I know what I've done to distance myself from Jesus. Do you? In the, in the quiet moments of your life, they come up to haunt us, don't they? We all know the countless ways we've cursed and bristled and denied all to cover our fears. We all know the countless ways we've sat in the comfort of our own fires and said, I don't know this man. But Jesus came out of darkness and out of betrayal and out of death and he comes with light and he comes with reconciliation and he comes with life. Jesus invites us and he invites you along with Peter to sit at his fire. Jesus invites us to eat with him. Come and have breakfast, he says. The night is gone. The dawn has come. The death of Jesus tells us that the betrayal isn't overlooked. Jesus had to pay for it, but it is forgiven. It is paid for. The resurrection tells us that Jesus defeats darkness, that death has lost its grip, that new life and restored relationship is possible and that guilt and shame are absorbed in Christ. Jesus eats breakfast with rebels and traitors. And he invites them to walk with him and he mends the broken friendship. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, I love you. And he finishes by saying, follow me. Come on, Peter, follow me. Walk with me, Peter. This breakfast is the last time we read of Jesus eating with his followers in the Bible. In the Gospels, at least. It's the last time that we see a record of Jesus sitting down and having a meal with his friends. But the Bible does talk about another meal, a meal of hope, a meal that is yet to happen. It won't be a simple breakfast by the sea. Although, to be honest, to share a quiet meal over a fire with Jesus is about as good as it gets for me. But the meal that is coming will be a feast. There will be a coming day when Jesus will arrive like a groom to sweep his bride away. And maybe you feel like Peter must have. How could I meet Jesus face to face? How could I look him in the eyes? I'm a rebel. I'm a traitor. Then good. Because rebels and traitors are on the invitation list. Let me finish this morning by reading to you just one more passage from Matthew 22. Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables and he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Again, he sent out another servant and said, Tell those who are invited, see, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. 
come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away. One to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servant, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged and he sent out his troops, killed those murderers and burned down their cities. And then he told his servants, the banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go then to where the roads exist, exit the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those servants went out on the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. So he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. And then the king told the attendants, tie him up hand and foot, throw him out into utter darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are invited. Few were chosen. Many years later, John, the one whom Jesus loved, he was given an insight into heaven. And in Revelation chapter 19, he saw this great banquet. We don't have time to read it this morning. But those that were invited at the banquet, it described them. It says that they were given fine linen to wear. Maybe this morning you're thinking, I can't meet Jesus face to face. I'm so much of a rebel. I'm so broken. Jesus comes and says, come and have breakfast with me. I'll supply what you don't have. In fact, I'll supply the very clothes you need to get into the great wedding banquet. Jesus has paid for your sin at the cross. That night has passed. Jesus now offers reconciliation. The sun has risen Indeed. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this special day. A day where the world pauses, whether they want to acknowledge you or not. And we recall and we proclaim, he is risen. He is risen indeed. We thank you that the sun has risen. That there is now light. The darkness is gone. Life has won and that reconciliation is on offer even for us who are traitors and rebels. Amen.